Are you thinking about implementing your own smart home? Not sure of what you want to control or how to start? Do you want your smart home to respond to your voice like it does in the movies or television? Well, you found the right podcast, Tech Bytes with Ron Netter. As a best-selling author, speaker, and YouTuber, he will help you explore the different options available. And now, here's your host. Ron. Do you want to improve your Wi-Fi coverage at home? Have you heard about Wi-Fi Mesh and want to learn more about it? Well, stay tuned. and I'm going to show you how easy it is to use. Welcome to another edition of Tech Bytes with Ron Nutter, your home for all things relating to smart home technology. In this episode, we're going to talk about if you should implement Wi-Fi Mesh in your smart home. Hi, I'm Ron Nutter, and we're going to be working on this together. This content is also available as an Amazon Flash Briefing or podcast. Please go to techbyteswithronnutter.com for more information. For any items mentioned in this episode, there are affiliate links in the description. If you click on these links, I will get a small commission, but that won't affect the price you pay for the item. If you want to get notified when new content is uploaded, please click on subscribe and enable notifications. Now here's what we're going to discuss in this video, and that's should you implement Wi-Fi Mesh in your smart home. We're first going to talk about what is Wi-Fi Mesh. You may have not heard it before, or you may have, but there may be some of the terminology isn't recording. We're going to have lots of drawings to kind of help you see where the differences are. Then we're going to talk about the required items, and this really does not have to break the bank. And then we'll talk about implementing Wi-Fi Mesh, because I've had my initial Wi-Fi Mesh up and running for a little over a week now, and I've been very pleased, and I think you'll be happy too. And it's not as hard as you might think. Well, they say a picture's worth a thousand words, so I'm going to try to give you a few thousand words to deal with because I'm going to do some drawings to kind of help you see why I'm going down the path of this video that I am. Now, we've probably either have all started out or still have a single AP. So we'll go over here and we'll put an AP on the drawing. A little bit big, but you get the picture. The problem is the further you get out from an AP, the signal starts to get a little weaker. And then when you combine that with the walls, whether they're concrete or plasterboard, then you start having even more signal degradation or loss. And it just keeps getting worse as you get further out from the AP. Now, there are ways you can help this, and that's going to be to if you get the AP up higher on a wall, but then you may have somebody who doesn't like to be able to see it. So it's kind of a catch-22 in that case. I've started our drawing back to where we began, and we'll put our AP back over here. Now, if you've got the wiring or can pull the wiring, or know somebody who can help you pull the wiring, you can put another AP out here. Well, what this means is that somewhere, and we'll just draw this line kind of right here, you've now got good coverage from the AP here to this side of the house. And from here... And when I say house, you can translate the word apartment, then you're probably good roughly to about here. And when I say good, as far as good signal strength, you're not going to have drops. You're going to have good speed. The problem is right in here. You're still going to have some issues potentially. Then you've got two different APs. You've got this one and this one that you're going to have to configure separately. You're going to have to match settings, and it become a real pain in the you-know-what to get this done. It's doable, but you've got to have wiring in both places. You've got to have configurations matched. So, and while it's doable, that's something you may not want to fool with. Now that we talked about the 1 and 2 AP configurations, let's talk about an extender and how that's going to work. 
So we'll start off with our AP right here in the corner. Now at some point you'll get out here into well, some distance from the AP and your signal is going to start degrading. It's just going to start getting harder and harder to connect or some devices will show disconnects more than others. So what you'll want to do is with an extender is you'll want to put it to where you've still got a good connection back to your primary AP where you've it gets a little bit into configuration or where what you have to do to configure this is you will put one side of the extender on the same SSID as your main access point. And then to help the devices that are going to be using the extender, they will connect to another SSID. So this will be SSID B and your main one is A. And of course, change it to your own name there. The challenge is you now have yet another device to configure. You have another one that is a potential point of failure. I'm not saying it's going to fail, but in troubleshooting, you now have an additional step that you have to look at because when you move into certain parts of the house, then you have to remember to change to the other SSID. So that may not be for, for those that are not really technically into this, that may not be something that they want to do. Granted, you can do things to have it auto reconnect within whatever device you're on, if it supports that. But still, then you may be in a case where if you're right here in the, what I'll call the sweet spot, that you will have a case where it's flipping back and forth between the two SSIDs. And do you really want it to do that? Now, this is where the mesh wireless really can come into its own. So you'll put your primary mesh AP here or wherever your internet connection is. And then you'll walk through the house using an app that you're going to see me showing in the video to figure out where kind of the best place to put it is so that you're not losing too much of the signal from your AP over here, but yet you're going to be able to get better coverage back out in here. So you could put another mesh AP here. And then depending on what you find, you may put another one here. Now, the beauty of this is that these two don't have to be hardwired. And let's pick another color here to make this a little bit easier. So they will go over a wireless connection and they will talk to each other. Now, this is a term, and we're going to talk more about this later, called backhaul. And that's where they're getting the signal they need from this device to here and to here. So say for some reason that this one is having a hard time talking to the main one, well, it theoretically then should be able to relay from this one into the other one. Also, you have one configuration program to use and it talks to all of these. And there's gonna be some things you can do, some options with backhaul that again, we'll talk about a little bit later. So if you are far enough out, you really can't get a good signal from your main AP out to here, there's ways that, that we can address that. And these can look like a small cylinder, a square tube of sorts, so they can be relatively hidden so that if you've got somebody who's very design conscious, that you're gonna be able to find a way to make this work and get good coverage. Now, something to think about is you know, look at the, you're going to have two different bands here. You'll have the 2.4 and the 5. So you, the 2.4 is going to have a longer range to it. So when I've been deploying mesh, I've always looked at where I can get the best 5 gigahertz signal 
because 2.4 will kind of take care of itself because I'm more concerned about the devices that are going to be on 5 gigahertz. So this gives you something to work with and you may have to tinker with a little bit and it's just going to depend. But what you can also use mesh Wi-Fi for is if you've got neighbors that are close to you that you're always, you seem to be losing connection with your access point or access points, chances are that they may be close to you and maybe overpowering if you only have just the one access point down here, why you're having a hard time here. And this is where mesh can actually help boost the signal within your house. So you should have better performance in that respect. Well, now that we set the stage for the different kinds of wireless connectivity you can look at, now let's actually go through and touch what we'll be using in this video. So we'll switch over here. Now this is the Velo wireless mesh access point. You may have seen this one pop up on the internet or in some of the other YouTube videos. This one can be bought as a single or as a box of three. It automatically sets up for wireless backhaul between the different ones. So it's pretty much a set it up and it's just about ready to go. Now, when you want to get into wired backhaul, we're going to look at two options a little bit later in the video. First, we're going to look at something called GoCoax, which uses the TV cable coax that may already be present in your house. And even if it's active with signals from the TV company, you can still put this on. There are just some additional steps you'll need to take. But this gives you wired Ethernet connectivity so you can free up the frequencies normally used for the wireless backhaul and put this on wired. Now, if you don't have coax, your other option is something like this device from TP-Link. This is their AV1000. This will sit there and do Ethernet over power line. Now, this is not necessarily my first choice because depending on the wiring in your house and how good the outlets are, you may run into some connectivity challenges. Also with these, you cannot plug them into surge protectors. There's, there's circuitry in the surge protector that can interfere with the operation of the device. Either it's going to be really slow or it may not work at all. One of the things you want to do just as you're getting this started is to benchmark your current wireless network and get definitive information where the coverage is and is good. I mean, I know at this point you'll kind of know where it is, but there's some numbers you'll want to have just to help move things forward. Now, this is something from QLSoft. It's available on both Android and iOS. And this is where you can walk around the house attaching to, if you're running both SSIDs, or as far as if you're running both a 5 gig and a 2 gig SSID, then you'll want to measure both because the five gigahertz one will start attenuating or dropping off well before the two gigahertz one does because five gigahertz being a higher frequency doesn't penetrate walls real well if you're running both two and five gigahertz you'll want to measure both because five does not penetrate walls real well or 2.4 is a little bit longer range and it's also a little bit slower so when you go to different areas and i would first start off with the within a couple of feet of your access point. So you've got a reference of what's going on. And this is your existing reference point I'm talking about. And then step out to the farthest part of your residence and then maybe come somewhere in the middle between that and, and where the access point is and get a feel for the different signal strengths. And the way to look at this, the higher the number, 
the worse the connectivity is going to be. Because at this point, if you notice down here, I'm running on 5 gigahertz, and it says 195 meg. Of course, I'm also in the middle of my studio, so I've got a lot of electronic noise that could potentially be interfering with this. But if you go near your access point, then I've seen below 40 or if you've got a real clear connection. So this is something to think about. And now you can always tell if this is on 5 or 2.4 gigahertz because you can look down at the bottom. It says frequency and doesn't show a channel. That's your indication that it's 5 gigahertz. So let's shift over here and we will go to 2.4 and it will connect here in just a moment. All right, that's connected. We'll go back to the app and see how much better the signal has gotten. Now, it's also showing, now, it, granted, it's a slower speed. It's a fraction. It's about a tenth of what the other one was showing. And it will show you the frequency as well as the channel. The channel number is more, is easier to decipher when you're on 2.4 because at least in the U.S. and most of the country, most of the world, excuse me, is running on 11 channels. And your main, three main channels you can use are 1, 6, and 11. That's because they don't overlap. Although sometimes in high congestion areas, you have to use something that's maybe between those two. It's not best practice, but sometimes to get it running, we have to go with whatever works. So we'll shift back over here. And I've got, and we'll go into this a little later, I've got my 5 gig and 2.4 gig mesh networks showing up separately. There's something called band steering that we'll talk about a little bit later that will make that a little more seamless for you. But at certain devices, I want to keep them on where they are. And see, at this point, we're back on the 5 gig SSID. We've lost the channel number. You're seeing now we've got 468, so we're almost 10 times the speed, and we're showing a different frequency. So this is something just to be aware of. And that was going to help you understand what's going on because the lower the number, the better the signal and the faster the speed. Because I've had upwards of a gig come up on wireless when I'm in a good coverage area. This is going to help you decide where to place the access points. And you may want to get some of these little shells and get the access point up high. Now you're going to have a couple of wires dangling around, but it's a trade-off of getting you the best signal to cover the area that you can. And that's another nice thing about the Velos is that it, they look kind of like a, not a piece of furniture, but they don't exactly draw attention to themselves. So this may not be something you need to worry about, but something that needs to be discussed. Well, now we're going to have a little bit of fun and get that mesh Wi-Fi system up and running that you've been thinking about. Whether you start out with just the single unit and you're ordering one, or if you get the three pack, same process as you pick the one you want to be your main one. What you'll want to do is on the back, there will be three connections. You'll look for the one on nearest the bottom that says LAN WAN, because that's what you'll plug into your internet connection. Then we will go through and plug up the power. Now, this is where you're going to need to then let it sit for several minutes, because it's got a boot up process it has to go through. But once you're past that point, then you'll be able to follow the rest of this. So we'll be back here in just a second. Now, what you want to do while your Vilo unit is getting booted up is go ahead and get the Vilo app installed if you haven't already and get your account set up. You'll get to this screen. So we'll tap on Add Vilo and it's just going to walk you through how you need to get it connected and pretty much everything that, that I've already told you. And then we'll go connect to Wi-Fi. So we should see a Vilo 
named network right there, the 885, well, easy for you to say, eight, the C85B. So we'll tap on that. Now, the password you're going to need to use is right on the bottom of the unit, and it's unique to a, each unit. So what we'll do is we'll get this entered, and you should only have to do this once on the initial setup. So it should get connected here in just a moment. Okay, got the password right. Sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between L and 1. So we're connected, and it says the screen here shows connected, so that's good. So we'll add the Vilo unit to your account. It says shouldn't take any more than 30 seconds. Well, you know, stuff happens, and we know that. Okay, it says success. We'll go to edit the Wi-Fi settings. Now, I would certainly encourage you to change the name of your Wi-Fi network. Now, if you've already got an existing network, I would change it. Well, there's, there's several schools of thought here. You can either keep it the same as your current one, but then you'll need to power down your first one before you start trying to use this one or make it something different and you can transition devices over to it. And then you can also find where a device is. It's not because if you shut down the other one and things quit working, it may help you find some of your IoT devices that may have uh, gone walkabout to uh, quote our Australian friends. So we'll just go ahead and leave that one the way it is. And then setup completed and we'll go back to home and now you're going to see a screen that says, okay, hey, we've got to do an upgrade, which is you should do this every time you plug in an AP. And you'll see it when we go to add a, a second one here in just a bit. And it's going to put up the latest versions. Yes. And we're going to lose connection temporarily. Gee, I wonder why. And it'll take you just a little bit of time here to get updated, and then you'll be ready to go. And one of the things you'll probably have to do is your AP may not auto your whatever smartphone you're using may not connect back to the AP automatically. So you may have to force that. You did see the message that it had successfully upgraded. So now you can go about starting to connect devices in and getting experience for what a mesh network has the potential to do for you. Now we've talked a little bit throughout this video as to backhaul. And there's two kinds of backhaul that you can do with Wi-Fi mesh. And again, backhaul has to do with getting the signal from your main AP with an internet connection to your other mesh APs, whether you have a total of two or three. Now, by default, the Velo one we're looking at comes with wireless backhaul. So they can come configured out of the box to automatically connect to kind of their own little wireless network. And it, what I suspect it's doing, the manual doesn't go into much of this, but I suspect they're probably doing it over five gigahertz because you've got to be able to really have the ability to get data to go back and forth easily. But there may be reasons that wireless backhaul is not going to work say you've got a lot of metal in this part of the building and let me change to another color to help make this easier say you've got a lot of metal here well you could just have a total signal block there or it degrades so badly that you can't really get anything to and from it or you're putting this ap in such a remote area that it can't see the other ones and this is where wired backhaul comes into place and there's several ways you can do this first you've got to do a factory reset on 
the AP as it comes from Velo because it, by default it's going to go to wireless. You can get it to wired, you just have to do a factory reset on it. So it means you bring it up once and then you factory reset it and then you can get it to work over wired. Now there's two ways to do this. If you've got cable TV throughout your house and whether you're using it or not, if you've got, we'll say we'll pick our problem or our isolated AP up here, then we can take the coax and use an adapter from, well, the ones I use are Go Coax. So it, we can put a T connector in here, it depending on the model you get. So we're going to take the coax that's going to the TV, put the Go Coax device in it, and then guess what? We have wired Ethernet. So then we can hook this to that and we're good to go. And then the same thing here, we'd have to put another Go Coax device here and then just hook this into the network switch that should be right about here because your main unit's gonna have to have a switch there because it's gonna use that to get out to the internet over the LAN port. So that's one way of doing it. There's another thing to think about if you're going to do wired backhaul over coax and there is a filter you'll need to put in on your coax going outside of the house so that your wireless network, I'm sorry, that your uh, networking that you're now doing over coax is not going to pass out and you suddenly be an ISP to the neighborhood. So all they got to do is have a Go Coax device and there's a chance that they could figure it out. Or if you're not using, but if you're not using cable TV and you have just the coax and just connect the line from the outside and you're good to go. Now the other option is doing Ethernet over power line. Same basic premise except you will plug, uh, we'll put an AC outlet here. We'll plug the Ethernet over power device here and it will have an RJ45 jack on it. So we'll just run a cable from there to the VLO and then we'll put a corresponding uh, AC outlet over here. And then we'll go from the AC over power, the Ethernet over power line device into the switch. So you have your connection that way. Even if you can get a wireless connection between the VLO units, you may still want to look at doing a wired backhaul because this will then leave all the wireless free so that whether they're up here, down here, wherever, that all that wireless is being used for traffic, not for backhaul. So something to consider. Well, now that you've got your first node up and running, we're going to move on to the second one. And just to review some things, the only thing you're going to have plugged in will be the power. None of these will be getting used at this point in the process. Something you're going to start hearing some of this terminology, and I've used a little bit before in the video. This out of the box is set up for wireless backhaul. So you can put this in a variety of places that without having to run cabling to it to get it to link. This is where the app that you saw me use earlier to see about the signal strength, you're going to need to have an area where it's maybe not exactly on top of you, but where you can get a good signal from your main VILO unit. Let's go ahead and get it plugged in. But before we do that, let's go ahead and shift over here and we're going to look at the drawing. So if, say for example, well, we'll just pick a spot here. We'll say that your access point, your main unit that has the internet connectivity is right there, but you're going to be actually over here. Well, putting an AP right here 
is probably not going to be a good idea because you've got all these walls to go through. And you always plan your wireless when you've got both 2.4 and 5 gigahertz to work with. Always plan with 5 gigahertz mic because 2.4 will carry a lot longer, but it's also slower speed. So while this may not be a good area, maybe something like here in here, if you've got a shelf and a nearby AC power outlet, then that's a good place to go. And with the Vilos looking or Velos looking just like a regular device you might have a light or something in a room, you've got some flexibilities to keep it from being a problem. Once you've picked it out, the location, then let's go ahead and get your power supply plugged in, get it plugged into the Velo, and then you're going to need to let it wait for a few minutes for it to come online. Let's go over and let you see what it's going to look like from the smartphone perspective. Well, in this day of instant gratification, we all want things now, right? Well, one of the things I ran into is initially my last Vilo that I'm lighting up decided to not play nice. So one of the things I had to go through and do, and it walks you through how to do it, is I had to do a factory reset. Give this about five to 10 minutes because you're gonna see the lights go through different colors and it takes a while. And just about the time you think you're getting ready to give up will be when it's ready. You see it here on the screen. We will tap on the name. We'll change it. We'll just delete it there and we'll call this one Studio. And you, there are other names you've got here. So, and I realized it was redundant because it already had that down there as an option. Now it will cause a reset, but that's nothing problem. Connection type wire that refers to the backhaul. You can verify you've got the MAC address, then you're looking at the right one. Now it does do its own IP address. This is something I hope they will fix in a future version. It is what it is, and for the price point, you can't complain. Well, not too much. So this really is is all it takes to get it up and running because at this point you go back here you can see that you've got everything ready to go if you want to move the the last one that you've added or anyone you've added around try a little bit different signal coverage that's certainly an option because you can easily see what's going on it's got a if it says strong there that says that you know the wireless backhaul has got a good connection so we're okay there let's go to system dashboard everything looks fine new version available so anytime you you put one of these in always check your version of firmware so go to the system dashboard new version available and it yeah it is 166 so okay we'll tap okay there well just no you can't just upgrade an individual one so it's going to upgrade the one that needs to and hopefully it will be smart enough to realize that the other one is already ready to go this takes just a few minutes to do get it a cup of coffee and it should be back here momentarily just keep in mind whenever you're in the Vilo app and making some changes it will automatically go out and touch all the devices so you may have some momentary disruptions when you're making changes to band steering or whatever features that that you're working with now, one of the features that I am most interested in is when I do have folks over to the house, I don't really want to put them on my, quote, production uh, SSID and give them out the password because, let's face it, some people forget or may tell another someone else that, you know, really, I just for the security of the network. So what you can do is you can tap on guest Wi-Fi and we'll tap on the little button in the upper right-hand corner to activate that. And then you can have it. I probably wouldn't use this SSID, but something guest one or something and a password that everybody's pretty much going to be able to easily remember. Probably nothing fancy with uh 
other than letters and numbers. And then in terms of the duration, you can have, if they're just going to be over for a few hours, no sense leaving it up for several days unless they're going to be there or leaving it up forever. Again, you pick the what's going to be best for you in that situation, and it will automatically disable at a certain time. Or if everybody's gone and they don't need to have use of that anymore, then you can certainly turn it off, and all the Vilo units will know this and make their adjustments in pretty short order. One of the things you'll want to do once you get everything up and running, you're going to want to test the network in a couple of different ways. So one of the tools I've used over the years, something called iPerf. They've got it for just about every platform. I've already got it in server mode running on my workstation, and I would suggest testing this a couple of different ways. Test wireless to wireless speeds, and then test wireless to wired. So that way you can get, and get a sense or how it's doing in a pure wireless or when it's got a transition from wireless to your wired ethernet, if there's any perceptible delays, just so that you're aware of kind of what's going on. All right, so we've already got it listening. Hurricane Electric has got a good tool where you can test this. So we'll go down here and we'll select iPerf3 and the iPerf server is going to be 10.0.1.191. And we'll say go. And we should start seeing some results here. Oh, well, it's not going to work for me because I just looked down and realized that wired is not up and running for i mean wireless is not there so let's go ahead and we're connected there okay that's good that just something that i should have picked up on okay right unable to get an address so now we'll go 10.0.1.191 and we'll tap on go so you can see at this point the transfer speed that it's getting and you would also be able to shift over to the intel NUC. it would also give you you can see both sides of the conversation. So there, this is one of the tools that you can use, and it gives you a sense for what the actual speeds are versus what the theoretical speeds are going to be that other tools may give you. Now, something else, and I showed this earlier in the video, and it is worth going through again, and it's the Wi-Fi analyzer. This is what's also going to help you see the impact of the speed versus what you're doing because it's going to show you very quickly the actual speed of the connection. And the general rule of thumb is the RSSI or the, the signal strength, you want a low number. I mean, I can get it down into the 30s. Sometimes I've had briefly passed that. But the lower that number is, the faster your perceived speed B is going to be for the link speed. You'll see the frequency, and you may need to go in and do an adjustment on the channels being used. You can either reboot all your Vilo units, or so we can go into the Vilo app and we'll go back here to the main page, and you can just tap on the restart Wi-Fi button, and that will restart everything. There is a band scan you can do. But that's not something we're going to go into because really, for the most part, the system should take care of itself. If you if it doesn't after a restart, then certainly you can go in and we can handle that in another video to take you through what, what needs to be done. If you're watching this on YouTube, you will see videos on the screen that are similar to the one you've just watched or other content that YouTube thinks you might be interested in. If this video helps you or provides value, please click on that like button, thumbs up. If you haven't already subscribed to the channel, please click on subscribe now and enable notifications. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening to the Tech Bytes with Ron Nutter podcast. If you know someone who's interested in creating their own smart home, please share this show with them.
Please subscribe on iTunes or Google Podcasts and leave us a review. Have questions? Contact Ron at questions at techbyteswithronnutter.com. He looks forward to sharing more incredible insights on the next episode.